This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Well, no one has the perfect life, but we choose to focus on those perfect little moments. Um, when you put them all together, it it's creates such a beautiful image of your life. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollient moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with Epimax. Babybrunch.co.za got hold of glamour and money. Am I going to become a billionaire, Daniil? <laughs> I just want to be a billionaire. I mean, the, I mean, the presence of billionaires, or at least he writes books about it. Welcome to babybrunch.co.za, Jacaranda FM and the world. It is wonderful to have both of you on, on the show. Thank you so much. It's so good to see you. Well, virtually see you. Um, I mean, you crowned me as Miss South Africa. And just looking at you brings a lot of emotions up in me. Do you still have the crown? Where's the crown? I do not have the crown. I do have my sash, however. Is it a floating trophy? Do you give it back? The crown you give back, the sash you can keep. Even though you give back the crown of of our our pageants in life there's still some some we keep you know people look at you guys as a as a beautiful as a beautiful couple and um people always go oh they need no introduction and i'm thinking no actually i do need an introduction because i have changed <laughs> and the internet is not always correct and so daniel let's start with you i mean if if anyone because the people that you worked with three years ago didn't even experience your book, you know, neither are they experiencing the new one. So I, I want to know that you are an award-winning author. So if, if you had to bump into anyone that hasn't seen you in a long while, who do you say you are? Well, I'm just an entrepreneur who invests in other people's businesses and help them to grow. And Rulin, if you had to meet anyone at the moment, other than the fact that I follow every social media post you post from your straight hair to long, to curly, to babies, to winning the crown, to uh, you, you were at one of our parents and baby brand shows at, at Val de V. But if you bump into anyone, who do you say you are? Uh, Ilona, it's very difficult. And I've actually recently started changing my bio to uh, a lot of people when they ask you what, you know, who are you? People often say what they do. And I think it's the, the wrongest thing to say, rather focus on really who you are. So I would say I am passionate about my family, about faith, about businesses. And that's how I would introduce myself, rather focus on who I am rather than what I do, if that makes sense. What does a day start like for you? I mean, you look for those of you who are watching the videos, I said to them, they look like a picture. And it's so beautiful to look at both of you and to see how your relationship and how your public profile has grown. But what does a day, what does an ordinary day start like for you, Rilin? We don't have an ordinary day. And I think that's what makes it so exciting, but also challenging. There's not a a one day that is really the same. But if I could take an average day, we'd love to go work out together in the mornings. 
and then drop the kids, you know, get them ready for school, drop the kids off of school. And then we basically drift into our own directions. The Neil does his thing. I do my thing, which usually um, resolves or revolves around either the family, the kids, the school pickups, the activities, sometimes coaching in between. I do leadership coaching coaching for women in leadership positions, then uh, talks here and there, interviews here and there. And then I also have shares in a few businesses that I focus on every now and then. So it's literally a, a whole array of things and there's no one day that looks the same. So now I look at your, your public profile and you are very encouraging online. It must be really encouraging, supportive. In that mood, it must be very hard being married to a beautiful, successful woman who's also a mom. What does your day look like? And what is your what is your biggest challenge? I don't want to call it a struggle. What's your biggest challenge when it comes to the lifestyle that you follow? I just want to answer the first part of your question first. There's nothing difficult about being married to Raleen. Yeah. She is just an absolute angel of a person. Aww. So no, it's it's wonderful to to do life with her. So she is very good for me in the sense that three times a week she gets me to go to gym with her at <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. Good. And what happens then is as we, when we come back, she she makes us some smoothies. We get to spend some quality time with the boys before they go off to school and I really start my my job, which is investing in businesses, growing businesses, selling some of the shares we have in the businesses from time to time and just help entrepreneurs grow their businesses constantly. How do we create that routine? I mean, here's the truth. Even though your life sounds a little bit different to most, the life of people who own a side hustle that goes by a nine to five that our parents don't have the same morning. I take my morning, for instance. I just arrived back from a market that sells soft clothes. And when I bought the clothes, I started crying. I started crying because my little girl doesn't like cotton at the moment. It must be soft. I want soft clothes, soft clothes. And every morning is a struggle getting her dressed. Except for this morning, she wore the hard clothes. This morning, Annabelle went to school. <laughs> she didn't care for soft clothes. There is no morning that starts the same. How do, how do you get it right to create? I don't want to use the word balance because that's not true for most parents. How do you create a disciplined work-focused environment and enjoy your life and that of your children and your business. And I say this also, Raleen, because we are the, we are the, the essence and the diffusers of our homes, you know. Sometimes if we don't drag our husbands to gym, they'll just focus on the business, you know. So how do you create that discipline in your, in your house and where do you get the energy from? Ilona, there, there are a few things and I've learned, I personally love routine and structure, but with life happening, it's not always possible. The only thing that I can focus on um, and that I can do consistently is try to manage the atmosphere at home. 
And for me, it's important for us to have a fun home. Um, and the kids know by now, if they start crying, throwing tantrums, I would say, you know, our rule is that we all have to be fun. It's fun to live in a fun home. So you can choose either be fun or go to your room until you're fun enough to come play with us again. <laughs> so it's 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 kind of a an atmosphere that I create. And the Daniel is extremely good at that. You have to see I'm them. sorry that I'm laughing about it, but it's, the- it makes complete sense. I, I think you can choose. You can go to your room until you're fun again. So that... I love that. Yes, and they, they very quickly realize when they're in the room and we're all having fun that I actually want to go have some fun. And Daniil um, has this thing where they all shower together and he puts on yeah. a speaker mm-hmm. with loud music and they just have a oh. ball mm-hmm. in the shower. I obviously have to clean up the, the yeah, floors afterwards, same. but <laughs> they just love it. So instead of focusing on a strict routine, we focus on having fun and, and, and in, in, work, in our working environment as well. You know, we have a few, I have a few ladies working with me on, on some of the businesses and we'll just stop and Daniel will play a song or we just try to have fun while we do what we do and that just lightens the mood and it actually makes you more productive when you're working as well but i also just want to add we don't always get it right Mm. either so we try our best um like everyone else um but but we make certain choices and once we've made a choice we try to stick with that Mm. and a lot of the times it's really a choice more than anything else daniel it's so easy to to want to, you know, I'm thinking of my own babies, want to push them in a certain direction. And, you know, I, I actually leave a lot of free will and choice up to them, you know, in terms of what they will become. And oh, it's very exciting for me. I love all children because they're just so different. When did you decide that it's time for daddy to move from a job to being an entrepreneur? I mean, was it a clear decision for you in your mind? And what do you tell your kids? What do you do for a living? How do they understand what daddy does when he's not home? Yeah, I grew up in a in a home where my dad is essentially an entrepreneur. He's a mm. farmer, and that that's a form of entrepreneurship. Mm. So nobody in my family, actually, if you just look at the lineage, has ever really worked for someone else. Mm. So it is difficult for me to to work for other people. Um, maybe more difficult than some other people, but I've. Me and my business partner, we started our business uh, more than 10 years ago already. So I, and one of the reasons why I started it was I realized that it is a massive risk to work for someone else. If there's an economic downturn, they fire some of their employees Mm. and fire me. And then I can't get another job, but I have a family to look after. Um, And that's where I just realized maybe I'm better suited to be an entrepreneur. And that's why I started doing that uh, way back then, because I was an industrial engineer with an MBA. And for six months, I couldn't find work in 2008, Mm. but I literally did not have any income. And that's when I realized that, well, I'm not going to be in this position ever again. I'm going to try to learn how to, to create something for myself. 
I'm learning something from you, even as a, a mompreneur, you know, as as a as a mom who's trying to always build a business and create a mindset with my kiddies, Rulin, um, that that women can do it for themselves, you know. And I'm so inspired by both of you, um, just by, by how you're speaking. Um, do, do, would you say you have a perfect life? I mean, I, I was struggling with the with the title for today's podcast. Um, when we were sitting in chat with the team uh, and they heard we got hold of both of you, they were, first of all, elated. They started shouting, like they, they lost their minds. And then they were like, oh, so I said to them, so what would you title the podcast? And the, and the one said it must be called The Perfect Life. So I said, no, man, that's a silly title. No, no perfect life. No one, no one is a perfect life. Then the other one says, what about calling it... Um, how can I have it all, you know? And it truly feels to me like even though we know that you might not have it all, what creates you, what creates the impression that you have seized and taken out the most of, of the day? Rulin, let's start with you. Well, no one has the perfect life, but we choose to focus on those perfect little moments. Um, you know, the moments when... I just stand there and look at the three boys in my life dancing in the shower or, <laughs> um, you know, it's, they, you, there are certain perfect moments. And I grew up in a very small town with my brother and my my mom always told me mind over matter. And when you take hold of your mind and make sure that you focus on those perfect little moments, um, when you put them all together, it, it creates such a beautiful image of your life not neglecting the, you know, the six to seven every evening when the wheels just fall off and the kids need food and they need to bath and they don't like the food that I prepared and everything just happens all at once. But when you take hold of your mind and try to focus on those perfect little moments, everything just comes into perspective and, um, and you're able to be grateful for those moments. Daniel, I want it all. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a mompreneur. I want to be the dad that uh, can shower with my sons. Or do you know that our babies still, they're still climbing the shower with me as well. So that's how I can relate <laughs> the the wet floor that, that I have to then clean up before I come to my radio show. Um, but let's answer the question. I want to have it all. I, I want it all. How can I have it all? I want to have a billionaire lifestyle and and feel like I don't have to depend on so many people as a parent. Yeah. I would say that we don't really have it all and we don't have the perfect life, but we have a life we choose. And a lot of the things don't always work out. And then Rolene and I, we look at each other and say, at least this was our choice. This wasn't chosen for us by someone else. And that makes it much more bearable. And that also makes us take responsibility for that. So well, I will say that the most successful people don't create luck. They just know how to create an environment where the probability of luck is increased. So if you have absolute clarity of everything you want, which is your want it all, as you, as you stated, your want it all may look different than my want it all, may look different than someone else's want it all. So first you have to have clarity of what that is. And then we have to go and see what can we put in place to increase the probability of all of those things happening. And then some people might say you're lucky. Yo, I've heard that a bit. People have told me that I'm lucky or that I 
someone once told me that I grew up rich and I was like, what? And I realized that their version of rich is different to what I perceive as that. And that I just come from a home of a lot of gratitude. Uh, I have I have parents who love giving and they have an immense sense of gratitude, you know. It's like I asked dad the other day, what's your favorite food? And I say, I love bread and bologna. My dad thinks that is the highlight of his week. That's how rich he is because he's so grateful. He's so grateful. It looks so different for all of us. I'm excited. And if I was anyone else, I would be envious of the relationship, Rulin and Daniel, that you have. Because it looks like there's this big sense of support. We've done many podcasts on Baby Brunch around why couples fight. Uh, you know, um, dads without fathers, how to raise sons who don't have fathers. You know, they make babies and they run away. And yet we have something wholesome that two people um, and you literally support her crown. Um, what was your role in 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 Rulin's journey with Miss Essa and Miss World? I mean, where were you? If you behind the scenes and you supporting, how do you do that? How do you how do you hold our crown? Come on, teach our guys. I need you to hold my crown, man. The first thing that you do is get another person to help you, like Werner Vessels. Without <laughs> Werner, it would have been much more difficult. So get a I side mean, hustle person. <laughs> he is the best pageant coach, coach in the world. So no, he definitely played a massive role. But in the same way, we said, who are, so I literally went and I took the framework that I learned from my mentor that we use for businesses and we used it for Olin. So we said, okay, we want to create an environment where the probability of success is increased. So let's say they went to Miss World, there was 126 uh, winners from 126 countries. So what was each of their probability of winning? It was less than 1%. So if we could have just increased her probability of winning to 5%, then she would almost be 10 times as likely as anyone else to win. So who would you bet on then? Brilliant. So uh, <laughs> It's not a question. <laughs> so what we did then is we like, okay, so who's the target market? The target market is the judges. What do the judges want? How do we solve their problem is to find the best possible Miss World. And then we identified 11 things or a, a list of things that we started doing that would increase her probability of satisfying the judges' needs for a Miss World. And then we just implemented all of those things. We just increased our probability of success. We couldn't guarantee a win, but it increased the probability of success to such an extent that she ended up winning. With your metric, there's billions of parents in the world. We all want to be the best one. The judges are our children. And I probably have no chance no chance to win. You know what my daughter said to me two days ago? I said to her, what kind of mom am I? Am I the best? I don't know what I was thinking asking her. And she said, you're a good mom, but you're not the best mom, but you're a good mom. <laughs> and so do, do, you, do you ever apply that metric when it comes to parenting? Rulin, do you ever try to be the best mom? What kind of mom are you? 
I try to be the best mom and I read up on a lot of things uh, regarding parenting. And in a way, it makes it even more difficult. But I usually take what resonates with me and with my children and I try to implement it. And according to me, being the best mom is supporting my children in a way that they are able to handle freedom. We all yearn for freedom and we tend to think that being a good mom or a good dad is protecting our children against, um, you know, the difficulties of life or, you know, protecting them and making choices for them or solving their problems. But in that way, we're actually taking um, a lot of responsibility from them that they're not able to handle when they grow older. So for right. me, it's being that mom where I'm going to be there no matter what. I'm going to support you. I'm going to give advice where needed, but I am not going to solve your problems because I believe that you have the capability of doing it yourself. And if you can't withhold your hand from the cookie jar when you're small, maybe you'll not be able to withhold your hand from other things when you're older. So trying to create that environment where I'm not necessarily punishing them, but I'm allowing the consequences of their actions to do the discipline work um, while they're small for them to be able um, to take control of their own lives and their freedom when they're older. Danielle, she's not just very wise, she's also strict. <laughs> that is amazing. She is, she is the strict one in the <laughs> I, I am. Ilana, can I, can I yeah. relate this to business quickly? So if we invest in businesses, for instance, then an entrepreneur could get very frustrated with the fact that we want them to do their corporate governance in a certain way, to manage the relationship with their shareholders in a certain way, to do a few things, let's call it the right way our business is supposed to run. And then they get frustrated with us and then we try to convince them to use some of their own business's money to invest in another entrepreneur. Wow. And normally within about three months, they come to us and say, I am sorry. Now I realize what I did to you guys because this person that I invested in is doing the same to me that I did to you. Mm. And then suddenly the maturity level just goes up significantly in, in those relationships. Wow. It, it also brings up another theme for me in, in, in you now saying, you know, do the same to others. It it also brings in um, a big theme and 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 something that I raise my babies with is is giving, you know, and how we give. You can't just give away the dolly that you that you don't like because how would you feel if if someone gave you something that you didn't need, you know? When you ask mama for a t-shirt, I don't bring you a, a stone, you know. So so why why so that's the metric that I use in 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 their lives as well. But I love the you should we should replay that. Um, rewind this podcast and and listen to that answer again. While I have your attention, Daniil, I mean, wealth building in South Africa today, um, there's a book that's called Thrive that talks about wealth, wisdom, and and health. Um, what is the true meaning of being successful? Like if I want to, I want to be a mom and we have a lot of single moms listening to our podcasts. What What are my chances, you know? I want to give the best to my kids and I want to provide for them. Is there a chance for me? Different people 
define success in different ways, and we must accept that first. So my definition of success might not be the same as Berlin's definition of success, for instance. So that's why we have these planning sessions where um, we see what are our individual goals, which ones of them are competing, and which ones of them are complementary. And how can we find a way to do that better? So first is to understand, okay, we define success differently. But once you have defined how success for you, what it looks like, then we have to set tangible goals and we have to work towards those goals. So to me, anybody who has a tangible goal within their own aspirations or definition of success, work toward those goals are successful in my view, no matter what what the rest of society thinks. I met a couple who attended one of your sessions and I was curious. I said, um, what happened? And um, the wife said, oh, Ilana. (laughs) If she's listening to this podcast, she left it. She says, oh, Ilana, it was like something happened to us today. It feels like, like, your your energy and the investment that you have given other people put a new leash on life, not just in their re- relationship, but financially as well and to their goals. What happens in those sessions? When you two are on stage and you're teaching people about billionaire careers and milestones, if you could summarize it, what what exactly did you I I want some of that. What what was taught? We literally just give them the tools to get clarity of their own aspirations and to create a roadmap to reach those aspirations. That is in short. But in order to be open to that, we have to open their minds a bit with with certain concepts, methods, and mindsets. And that is normally where the endorphins in their brains start to to work. And that is this lasting effect that, that they normally have afterwards. Parenting is all about planning and, and goal setting. And so I, I want some of those endorphins. Explain this. You are the first and biggest investor in your business. Why did you say that? So in order to really speak with other investors, you have to understand that you are the first investor in your business in the sense that you are the first shareholder in your business. You invested your intellectual property, you invested your blood, sweat, and tears, your time, you took a reduced salary, you, you, do, you did all of these things. But then you are an investor in your business because capital is not only money. Capital is a lot of different things, including all of those things that you invested in and your my business. time, yeah. And if you just have that mindset shift to see, you know what, I'm actually an investor in my business as well. It is not just... Um, other people who's investing in my business, you start looking at your business and your relationship with other shareholders much differently. I think bringing it back to parenting, mm. uh, where we, we are in an environment where parents often try to manage or control children because you obviously just want the best for them. You want to t- don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, and they get so extrinsically motivated by my mom is going to be mad at me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, rea- they, they they forget to realize that I also have a responsibility towards myself. So how do we change that to make them see that 
in our relationship, I'm responsible for me, you're responsible for you. And if I'm not there, are you intrinsically motivated to still do the right thing because you want to do it, not because I'm going to enforce Mm. you to do it? Um, And I think it's important to raise our children with that mindset that I'm not only as a parent invested in you, but you are also an investor in your own life as a child growing up and reaching your full potential. Do, do people, and, and I immediately think of this, this investor approach, you know, do, do people sometimes um, give you advice that they don't follow? I think the, the, the danger in giving advice is that there's different types of advice for different phases of life. And if you receive advice from someone who's in a different phase, so let's take parenting. If they have teenagers and you have a toddler, obviously they've they've been there. So they are able to give that advice, but they're kind of out of practice when it comes to having toddlers. So um, receiving advice from people who are in a similar phase, maybe just, just ahead of you, is extremely helpful. And Daniel has this problem very often where, especially for him, when he was a young entrepreneur, he received advice from his mentors who were on a completely different level than he was. So it wasn't necessarily, it was good advice, but it was not good for him at that stage. So I'm also very careful um, where I receive my advice because my children are so different and all children are different, but um, also careful of where I receive my criticism. (laughs) And I think that's something that we all are faced with. And if you receive criticism, we have a few rules. The first one is don't take criticism from someone that you would not necessarily take advice from. And the second one is determine whether this criticism is to help you or to hurt you. And then, you know, take it from there. You have just given me that goosebump moment that that mom experienced in your session. I I needed this. I needed that last nugget of of confidence. Thank you. Your first book, Billionaire Mindsets, became the number one South African book in 2021. And the brand new one is called The Billionaire Career. Why do you think your own book is such an important read for for, for parents especially? I mean, I know Martin Bester and the team, they're going to be talking about um, a lot of the, the business side of things. And you can find their interview on jacarandafm.com. If you go on to Audio On Demand, uh, you can also follow at jacarandafm for, for more information. Why Why would these two very important reads be important in your mind for parents? So the first book was a self-help book. It was literally, this is how you should change your mindset to increase your probability of success. And I realized that a lot of people really had struggles to understand a lot of the concepts because it's just, uh, I mean, it's not that easy. So I decided to make it as accessible accessible to as many, thank you, as accessible (laughs) to as many people as CO. I can't do it without it. <laughs> nah, I see that. <laughs> to make it as accessible to as many people as possible. So I wrote it in a story form. Right. So it's essentially the main character going on a journey to the most beautiful places in South Africa, meeting certain mentors and trying to become a successful entrepreneur. And fails and he succeeds and he 
goes through all the life journeys. And then there's also a lot of life lessons because we say that wisdom doesn't come with age. It comes with responsibility. Wow. So if you are never in a position where you take ultimate responsibility for anything, then you are unlikely to develop wisdom regardless of your age. Mm. So, but if you are in a position where you really take ultimate responsibility for things on a constant basis, then you might develop wisdom much sooner. And then your decision-making abilities improve. And then all areas of your life are likely to improve because you start making better decisions. And I think with regards to parenting, we as parents often um, kind of hand over our limited thinking and mindsets to our children in the way that we speak to them and the way that we raise them. So if you can unlock your mind to think big, uh, which these two books actually help you with, you are much more willing to, to share that with your children as well. Let's say <laughs> we have this thing where Daniel always says, everything is possible. Anything is possible. I mean, everything is possible. And I would tell my, um, our six-year-old, okay, you can choose. Do you want the juice or do you want the sweet? You can't have both. Mm. You know, you can choose. He's like, I can have both. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. I choose to have both. I choose to have both. So, <laughs> so be careful how you do that. But um, I think it's just when you enrich yourself and change your own mindset, your children will definitely be affected by that as well. And a very interesting thing that I'm thinking of now, your first book you wrote for the boys. And in the beginning, you said to my two sons, my, my journey was not easy, so yours could be. And your second book you wrote to your parents. Um, so I have to write another book for a <laughs> <laughs> It will be called The Billionaire Wife. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of those books, the books that they are referring to, The Billionaire Mindset, uh, and then also The Billionaire Career. Uh, and for those of you who are criticizing my knowledge of the books, uh, I actually thought up until last year that I'm dyslexic. And you know what's interesting? I started uh, learning to spell with my daughter, who's five, who just turned six. And in five weeks, my spelling improved. So... I can read faster now. So I am going to download the billionaire mindset and the billionaire career because I can read faster now. So I'll be done mm -hmm. with that book by next week. Okay. So oh, then I can, can also, you can also listen to the first, to the audio, but who's reading the audio book? Devald Wasserfall. Rarig. Shut the front door. He has a very good English accent. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy the audio book just because it's Diavolt. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. He's actually one of my yeah. favorite people, him and his wife. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful people. This is something that comes up with my listeners quite a bit. I have a support team. They read much faster than what I do. And um, they say to me, Alana, you have to ask this, this one question uh, about the, the, the features um, in your book uh, that talks about an exquisite South Africa, you know, and Rulin, you're such a wonderful ambassador for our country. And having won these titles, I don't take them lightly at all. And so <clears throat> any ambassador work as ordinary South Africans or extraordinary South Africans, we, we're able to represent our country. I never take it lightly, you know. And one of our team members, he talks about um, 
the the things that you include about South Africa, you know, the the seven weekend wonders. And he talks about how beautifully you describe some of the concepts and places. And then he says to me, Ilana, other than the the eye of Kurman and uh, the Cedarburg Mountains, please ask Daniel why and what advice you have for South Africans that might want to leave South Africa. There's this saying, I think it goes something around strong people create good times, good times create uh, weak people, and weak people create bad times, and bad times create strong people, and strong people create good times. So it just goes on and on. On and on. And I ask, where are we now as South Africa? We are at the point where we had bad times that created strong people who are now busy creating the good times. I watch the news of various other countries where I can see weak people creating bad times. So I'll rather stay here now. The good times are almost here because we are strong people creating them while we're sitting here. And I don't I don't know where else in the world I could go because I can see weak people creating bad times over there and I don't want to be there. We choose to stay here, and but if we choose to stay here, we are never allowed to complain about anything again. We are part of the solution, and we must actively start being part of the solution. And that's it, end of story. So that, no, that's our view. Sure. This, that's powerful. Linky Vatlefuer, you make such nice things, the diary and crowns and businesses and you... You help people and you, are you going to practice being a doctor at some stage? Do you still have an appetite for that? No, Ilana, I um, I have so many wonderful opportunities and ways that I can create value, not only for our family, but for a lot of other people. If you mm-hmm. take being a doctor, you're able to help a certain amount of patients a day. And I can't take it lightly that I have this amazing platform to do even more with. Um, so I'm grateful for my medicine and I'll always love it and I've learned a lot from that. Um, but I choose to to use the other opportunities that I currently have. And one thing that we realized very quickly was that we have to work together as a team. And life goes through different phases. And I think one of the 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 sad things that we are faced with today is you hear so many people talk about self-care, self-love, self-care, self-love. And I think it's it's important, obviously, to ha- have a good self-concept and self-confidence, but realize that you are part of something bigger. And in a relationship, you're part of a marriage, you're part of a family, you're part of a community and a country. And sometimes it's okay to give up some of your own dreams in order to support someone else. And um, not forever, Uh, you know, the wheel turns and then it's your turn again. But I'm in a phase of our lives where Daniil has so many things going on for him and I'm playing a much more supportive part for him. I already have made my plans for when it's my time again, um, thinking of launching an app and um, some product lines, et cetera, et cetera. So in the background, I am working on those. But at the moment, I'm really enjoying the fact that I can support him where he has been supporting me for such a long time. You know, through Miss South Africa, Miss World, we couldn't have a public relationship at that stage, being in the background, 
um, and supporting me. I'm really enjoying the fact that I can support him now, but looking forward to a future where I can, you know, run fast as well. Um, and when he can hand me the, um, the better baton. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think as much as you, you have described that role beautifully, you have no idea how we know that you are also leading beautifully next to, from behind, and also in the front. And both of you are a great example because you are helping so many people through what you are doing. And I'm extremely encouraged by uh, this this chat and our and and what you have had, um, what you've what you've given us today. What what advice stands out for you today in this moment that you want to share with everyone? The one thing that I've learned the hard way and with all of the roles that we as women play in everyday life is to be careful of not identifying yourself by what you do or what you achieve, but to find your identity and your worth in who you are and who God created you to be. Because as life goes on, you go through different phases, stages, you do different things. I mean, I was at one stage a medical student, then a Miss South Africa, then a wife, then a mom. And if you find your identity in those things, it's almost like you have an identity whiplash at one stage. You're like, who am I now? You know, am I a wife or am I a mom or am I a businesswoman? Mm. So rather find out um, who you are at your core, what your soul print is, who God created you to be and find your identity in that. Because if you know that, and if you have that, you're able to do so many things and live that out, whether you are at home with the kids or speaking on a stage or in, in a boardroom with, with um, other entrepreneurs. Daniil, last but not least, will money make me happy? He's thinking way too long on this one. No, I want to phrase this correctly because I learned that I must choose my words when it comes to money because money is quite an emotional thing for a lot of people. So one of the things that we teach them is to actually remove emotions from money. And the moment you do that, your relationship with money changes and becomes much better. A lot of uh, arguments in a lot of relationships are because of money. I haven't done the research, but I mean, there's an extremely high percentage of arguments that have their root in money. And I think if you can find a way to start a side hustle or something else to just get to that point where money doesn't create friction, then I think it might, might, it might not um, bring happiness, but at least it will remove some friction. So in that sense, uh, money can have an influence um, on on your emotional well-being to a certain extent, but definitely not if you don't have a relationship with your family and um, all the other things that really make you happy, then money on its own definitely and doesn't have the ability to make you happy. Mm. <laughs> it has been wonderful hanging out with you. Jelle, jelle maak my emotioneel trots. Ek is <laughs> ongelooflik blij saam met jelle. Thanks for today. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. 
Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores.